obviously the events of the last week or so, including a major investment firm in New York. Without getting into the decision, a legal matter, let there be no doubt in my mind. Our bill would have prevented that kind of events from happening, in my view. Uh, and, and that's what the public needs to know. Hello, and welcome to NPR's Planet Money. I'm Alex Bloomberg. And I'm Jacob Goldstein. Today's Tuesday, April 20th, and that was Senate Banking Committee Chairman Chris Dodd, you heard at the top, talking about the Senate's financial regulations bill. Welcome, Jacob. It's good to have you behind the microphone and away from out of the blog cave. Glad to be here, Alex. I'm glad to hear I won't be sent back to the blog cave. <laughs> exactly. You're here to stay for today's podcast. Really excited. Which is a good one. On the program today, did Goldman Sachs defraud its customers? And we will continue on our quest to bring a little bit of Broadway to financial reporting. Uh, but first, Jacob, you want to start us off with the indicator? Today's indicator, Alex, $3.5 billion. I know what that figure is. It's been all over the news today. It's been all over the news today. It's how much profit Goldman made in the first quarter of 2010. It's a number that was a lot higher than analysts were expecting. Now, this might be the first time in history where a financial company's executives were actually a little bit bummed about good earnings because, you know, this earnings news comes on the heels of revelations last Friday that the SEC had sued Goldman Sachs for fraud, saying that they violated securities law. I'm not sure Goldman's execs were bummed about a $3.5 billion profit. <laughs> right. Maybe not. It's just bad optics, as they say on Wall Street. One day you're getting sued for fraud. The next day you're making unexpectedly huge profits. It doesn't look good. Right. So, so today on the show, we're going to talk about the charges against Goldman. And we're also going to talk about that big planet money story on This American Life recently about the hedge fund Magnetar, which was working with other Wall Street banks doing very similar transactions to the transaction that the SEC is suing Goldman over. And you have been following these uh, events very closely. You've been following the SEC's case. And so, Jacob, could you just break it down for us? According to the SEC, how did Goldman defraud its clients? So the SEC, they really set this up like a story in the, in the complaint they filed uh, against Goldman. It starts with a hedge fund called Paulson & Company. Paulson & Company wants to bet against the housing market. One way to do that is with something called a synthetic CDO. So Paulson goes to Goldman and says, can you help us create this thing, create this synthetic CDO? Now, in order to create a synthetic CDO, you not only need somebody betting against the housing market, you need somebody to bet on the housing market. Now, according to the SEC, Goldman says, well, yeah, we can help you create this thing. But, you know, if we tell the whole world, well, we created this thing because some hedge fund came to us and wanted to bet against it, no one's going to want to invest in it. No one's going to want to take the other side of that bet, say, we will, we will bet on the housing market if they know that hedge fund, this hedge fund, Paulson & Company, had come to Goldman Sachs and said, create this for me. Exactly. So, so what Goldman Sachs does is it goes to this company called ACA. ACA is in the business of putting together these CDOs. They're called CDO manager. They're a CDO manager. Right. And, and Goldman basically hires ACA to put this CDO together. ACA puts it together. Paulson bets against it. Other investors bet on it. The CDO blows up. Paulson makes a lot of money. The other investors lose a lot of money. So, it, so is, is that the fraud that the, this thing just blew up? It's not the front. <laughs> okay. In fact, it's going to take us a while to get to the front. Okay, there's still more to the so story. so far so good, according to the SEC. Okay. So the thing is, this hedge fund, which is you know, run by this guy, John Paulson, who, who became famous for betting against the housing market and, and making a ton of money. So according to the SEC, Paulson, he didn't just bet against this CDO. He actually helped build it. 
I and think, that's a and that's a big that's a big deal, right? Well, yeah, certainly according to the SEC is it, it is. I mean, it's really central to to the SEC's case. The SEC is saying, look, this guy, this hedge fund, had a lot of input into what went into the CDO. Presumably, if the hedge fund's betting against it, they're going to want to put really risky stuff in it. Um, but even though this is a big deal, it still actually doesn't get to the fraud, right? Right. But but. I can tell you we're, we're there. I'm going I'm to get <laughs> you there right the now. Okay. So here's the fraud, according to the SEC. The SEC says Goldman should have told investors about Paulson's role in building this thing. But Goldman didn't do that. So Paulson comes to Goldman saying, I need a way to bet against the housing market. Goldman says, sure, hires ACA to build a CDO, which Paulson can use as a vehicle for betting against the housing market. And then Goldman has to go out and find people who want to bet on the housing bar- market essentially to take the other side of Paulson's bet. And that part, the finding of the other people to take the other side of Paulson's bet, that is where the SEC says the fraud was. Yeah, the SEC says Goldman had a responsibility to tell people who were buying this thing that Paulson played a significant role in putting it together. And by failing to tell investors about Paulson's role, the SEC says Goldman defrauded those investors. Now, this SEC case reminded a lot of us around here about the story that I recently did on This American Life. It was a Planet Money story on This American Life. It aired about a week ago um, on the This American Life episode called Inside Job. Um, And I reported that story with two uh, investigative reporters from the outfit ProPublica, which is a nonprofit uh, investigative reporting group. The two reporters were Jake Bernstein and Jesse Isinger. And in that story, we talked about a hedge fund that seemed to be doing very similar things to what... Paulson was doing. And we also talked about some other Wall Street banks that seem to be doing very similar things to what the SEC says Goldman was doing. Right. The, the hedge fund had that, that name that stuck in my head, Magnetar. <laughs> right. It was, a, it was a story about Magnetar. Um, and Magnetar was asking Wall Street banks to create CDOs that it then bet against, similar to what Paulson did. Um, and in the story that we did on This American Life, we compared sort of what they were doing to the plot of the producers, you know, that Mel Brooks uh, movie and musical. Magnetar, the hedge fund, in cooperation with Wall Street banks, was putting on a play that they wanted to flop uh, because they'd make more money if it failed than if it succeeded. Right. And of course, the This American Life piece took that idea and ran with it. There's the whole Broadway Broadway show tune of, about this this whole story. Uh, that you can you can listen to that on thisamericanlife.org. You can read the print version of the story at propublica.org. So Adam Davidson and I called up one of the reporters that we worked with on that story, Jake Bernstein. He's at ProPublica, and he's been following the SEC's investigation very closely. And, and we asked him, um, you know, what Paulson was doing with Goldman. How close was that to what Magnetar was doing with the Wall Street firms that it was working with? The similarities are. Um, that uh, in the in the case of the Goldman Paulson deal, um, John Paulson is you know he he has influence on the deal. What kinds of assets go into the deal? You know he's at the table making those kinds of decisions or helping to make those kinds of decisions. It appears, and uh, and and then he's betting against that deal. Um, so certainly uh, our reporting has indicated uh, you know that Magnetar had. Um, had some influence in in what these deals looked like, and they also, uh, in many cases, bet against the very same deals. So, they, so Magnetar was sort of f- filling the same function as Paulson. Exactly. So, so in the Goldman case, it was Paulson. In the in our reporting, it was Magnetar. They were the right. same role. But there's a key difference here. Uh, it appears from reading the SEC complaint that that Paulson was just short. 
Atticus. He did not actually... You mean he only bet against... He only bet against Atticus. He didn't actually uh, buy any equity or, 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 or be on the other side of, of that uh, deal in any way. Now, Magnetar's argument has always been, hey, we were long, meaning we believed in these CDOs that were being created with our encouragement, but we shorted them just in case. We, we had a hedge. We had an insurance policy just in case they went bad. Paulson could not make that argument. Right. Paulson is, is it's a one-directional uh, bet, it appears. He is, uh, he's betting against, uh, you know, he, he basically went to Goldman and said, you know, I want to bet against this stuff. I don't believe in it. And they helped him construct a deal. So, Jake, it seems like to, for the SEC to make its case, it comes down to the same issue in both both of these examples, both the Magna Carta case and the Goldman case, which is there's a concept of materiality. The investment bank has to disclose everything that will be of material interest to a potential investor so that the investor is fully informed about uh, when they make their investment decision. And in this case, the SEC is essentially arguing it was material for other investors to know that Paulson had come to us and asked us to create the CDO. And if they had known that... For the purposes of shorting it. For the purposes of shorting that. And if they had known that, then perhaps investors would have thought twice about buying into this investment. Um, and that is the same situation that we raised in the Magnetar story. I'm going to just play a quick little clip from that. Here's, here's you and Jesse talking about this. So if the investment bank came to an investor and said, we have got an investment for you, uh, a hedge fund actually asked us to create it. And uh, they asked us to put riskier assets into the deal. Uh, and, oh, by the way, they're betting against it. Would you like to buy it? And the answer is going to be obvious. They're not, they're not going to do it. The, the, the role of Magnetar both as equity investor and uh, in, in their bets against uh, the very CDOs they helped create, were not disclosed uh, in any way uh, to investors uh, in the written documents uh, about the deals, not the marketing material, not the prospectuses, um, not in the hundreds of pages uh, that an investor could get um, uh, to see uh, information about the deal. Was it disclosed uh, that it was, in fact, Magnetar who had helped create the deal and who bet against it? I mean, it's the same kinds of, of disclosure issues. You know what? You know what? Were, what did the investment banks have to tell investors about uh, the nature of these deals? And um, it's it's one of those issues that uh, is frankly a, a little gray and a little muddy. So, Jacob, let's uh, just dive into the the gray mud here. <laughs> um, Goldman denies the charges that the SEC is leveled against it, right? Goldman is, you know, mounting a, a vigorous defense, uh, and they're, they're making a few arguments. One is that, look, there is this company, ACA. ACA got paid to choose what assets went into the CDO. It was their responsibility. They made the call. And Goldman told investors, ACA is the company that decided what went into this. So even if Paulson had suggested whatever you know, he wanted to go into these CDOs. It doesn't matter that it's ACA's job to judge that and to put them in or not put them in if it sees fit. Right. Goldman's saying, look, ACA was there. It, it wasn't our, it wasn't Goldman's responsibility to tell investors, you know, Paulson said this, Paulson said that. It's ACA's call and we're telling everybody that it was ACA's call. And, and this is what ACA does. This is, this is what this company does. 
Mm-hmm. Goldman also also makes another argument. They say, look, we also told all the investors in this thing what the underlying assets were, how it was going to be put together. You know, the investors, which were big banks, not not mom and pop, uh, had all the information they needed, all the savvy they needed to decide whether or not to put their money into this thing or not. And now what's interesting is so far what we're talking about, there's actually no disagreement about the facts, Right. That's exactly right. Uh, they they agree on the same set of facts, right? The SEC so, and Goldman, right? Uh, they they you know the whole story so far is basically the same story, and it's just the SEC saying, "Well, Goldman, given this story, you have this responsibility to tell investors, hey, Paulson gave this input." And Goldman is saying, no, given this whole story, we don't have that responsibility. It was ACA's call. Uh, it all comes down to that issue that was we just heard about, materiality. That's right. Now, there is one detail where the SEC and Goldman do seem to disagree on the facts. Now, now I've heard you talking about this detail. You, you feel like this detail could possibly end up being important? It's, it certainly really caught my attention today. I, I wrote about it this morning on the blog, and I, I'm, really, I'm really interested. I'm really curious what the answer is going to be. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so this is basically, basically the deal. Uh, the SEC, in addition to everything we've been talking about, the SEC also says that Goldman actually misled ACA into thinking that Paulson was betting on this CDO instead of betting against it. So in Wall Street lingo, they led ACA to believe that Paulson was long, meaning betting that housing prices would you know, stay high or keep going up, rather than telling ACA that Paulson was short, betting against the CDO, betting that housing prices will fall. And in a statement Goldman Sachs made last Friday, they flatly denied this. They said, and and I'm quoting, Goldman Sachs never represented to ACA that Paulson was going to be a long investor. Cut to this morning when I'm listening to Goldman Sachs' conference call. And it was this, this was the call where they announced the incredible profits that they made. That's right. But the incredible profits, notwithstanding, all the Wall Street analysts who, who listen and ask questions on these calls actually seemed more interested in the SEC lawsuit than, than in Goldman's blockbuster profits, which was nice for me because also I was, frankly, a little bit more interested in the lawsuit. Uh, so then right. this one analyst asked about that, that denial that, that Goldman issued on Friday and that we're talking about. And the way this Goldman exec on the call answered that question was, was really convoluted, you know, and not, not so much like that very crisp, clear denial that, that we, we had last week. In fact, we've been listening to this exchange uh, over and over here at Planet Money. There's a lot of uh, long pauses and tortured syntax and fumbling. Um, You can almost imagine the lawyer and the executive sort of pressing mute and whispering back and forth and then coming back on the call. Unfortunately, we can't play the tape. Uh, We asked Goldman for permission, but we didn't hear back. You can hear it if you want to online. I'll post a link from the blog. NPR.org slash money. Thank you. And as a special service to our podcast listeners, we got an actor to read this one particular exchange. Now, Planet Money regulars might know uh, when we say the word actor around here, that could only mean one thing. Adam Davidson's father, Broadway actor Jack Davidson. But, you know, that's a little bit nepotistic. So instead, we got Adam Davidson's cousin, Broadway actor Jonathan Hadari. And and we are going to play this little exchange in it. Jonathan Hadari will play the role of the Goldman lawyer, Greg Palm. And our very own David Kestenbaum will play the role of the intrepid UBS analyst, Glenn Shore, who asks the question that starts the whole exchange off. That question, wait, what exactly did Goldman say to ACA about Paulson? I'm curious on one thing. If there was no misrepresentation about Paulson being along, 
how were they introduced into the process? In other words, they were obviously making suggestions into what securities ACA should include, but under what capacity were they introduced? If it wasn't a long or a short, what were they doing? Um, my first comment would be, and uh, I think you probably uh, know this very well, which is in this market there has to be a you know a long and short that is perfectly clear. The other point I really emphasize is that in order to have a transaction in this market, um, you have to have you know, some reference portfolio of securities, which is satisfactory to both the longs who are looking at the portfolio. They're not really looking at anything else. And the shorts who are looking at the same portfolio and deciding that. And as you know, whether the shorts are us or anyone else. Paulson entered the process here with ACA and uh, at least based on the record we know, uh, we actually have no idea where ACA got, assuming they did because that's what's alleged here, the impression that Paulson was a, quote, equity investor. But but how did they know that there was a transaction going on? Meaning, I, I know Paulson approached you and wanted certain exposure. How did ACA get introduced to Paulson? Um, I'm sure we would have put them in contact with each other. But to get into the, you know, do I recall precisely what date that occurred on, how that, no, there is no evidence that's been introduced to us as exactly what that involved. But, you know. Okay, I, th- I think I read the. First and, and I'm sorry. You're, you're also your question is what was ACA thinking? I don't know. You know for sure what they were thinking. Simply because, as I've described, we've been part of this case, and the only evidence we've been given is to what they were quote thinking is the SEC's statement as to what they were thinking and as to how we influence that thinking as to what they were thinking. You see it in the complaint. So, I have no knowledge beyond that. That certainly clears it up. Right. Now, our listeners should know we made that dramatic recreation as close to the real thing as possible, down to those two long pauses. We tried to make them the exact same length as the original conference call. Every um, you know, stumble was recreated to the best of our ability. And I listened to the real thing, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Jonathan Hadari should get a Tony for the performance. Uh, I think that probably wraps it up here for us today. We'll leave it with uh, Alex Bloomberg's drama criticism. I'll be following this story on the blog, npr.org slash money. Send us your thoughts, questions, comments to planetmoney at npr.org. I'm Jacob Goldstein. And I'm Alex Bloomberg. Thank you for listening. But in the core of my heart, your ignorance is treason.